for we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means, on infiltration instead of invasion, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. There is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. All right, welcome to episode 67 of the Abuse Hour. It is I, your host, Coffee Long, coming to you unsupervised, unmedicated, and an unchecked threat to society. So I haven't put anything out in a little while, man. Um, but, uh, yeah, like I said, I was telling somebody in the chat, man, it's been a real motherfucker of a couple of weeks. I had mentioned a few weeks back, or I don't know, maybe a month or two at this point, that uh, somebody I'm pretty close with had uh, had some health concerns that uh, might might have ended up looking highly unfavorable. And as it turns out, highly unfavorable was a drastic understatement. And uh, you know, obviously, I'm not gonna not gonna put the details in the street, but um, when you're staring at the business end of something that's like, yeah, cancer would have actually been better. Like, man, that's that's a pretty rough deal. I mean, it is, I guess in a way, you know, I was talking to a guy and in a way it's like, yeah, you're in a spot where like, you got some time, but you're not in a spot where like, yeah, we're gonna go to all these weird, extraordinary measures to try to extend your life. It's pretty much a deal. It's like, yeah, dude, you're, um, your time is pretty much set in stone. Like the, the big clock is running and uh, you know, you're on the way out. And uh, you know, you talk to a guy and try to try to say like, look, you know, in some ways it's fortunate for a guy to know, you know, he doesn't have much time left and you know you're gonna leave your mark that this is how much time you have to do it. But uh, it still sucks, dude. It just really sucks. But something shitty comes down the pipe it doesn't uh doesn't mean the coin clippers are going to stop trying to replace you it doesn't mean that they're uh not going to try to turn every other 12 year old on the planet into a table dancing tranny or not going to try to import the entire third world to make your neighborhood look like a bizarre market and so the shenanigans continue man um race war stops for no one so with that man um you know it's a downer but uh the party don't stop so we're going to keep on abusing here at the abuse hour and um you know the guy will uh always be kept in mind but that's not going to detract from our greater mission it's just kind of a real motherfucker that i mean it's one of these deals that like you hear about maybe you read about but you don't ever expect to see something like this in real life like one of the it's like a movie dude like a really bad movie where like you know, somebody would get some kind of broke dick news and then they go on to like, I'm going skiing in the Alps, I'm going to climb Everest, I'm going to, you know, paint a self-portrait, build a house, whatever. And, um, you know, and then they find out later, like, well, no, you didn't have any symptoms. What do you think? No, it was just a little mix-up. It was actually for this guy over here. Oh, well, you know, he's dead already. So what are you doing? Like, oh, it just changed my life. Like, yeah, it's it's like that, except, um, except not. Except you kind of see the train coming down the tracks and like, yeah, no, man, this is clearly what it appears to be and uh, you ain't going to walk this off. So it's like, uh, in a lot of ways, like winning the lottery except in reverse, you know. And it's the damnedest thing, man. I mean, 
for as many good deals as I've had, and I've had some good deals. I've had some extraordinary, some extraordinary experiences, and it kind of sucks, you know, just the nature of our thing and the nature of our situation that we can't really talk about a lot of details. And I, I mean, I try to give you guys as much as much in the way of details as I can. But I mean, when I look back at some of the things that I've been part of or things I've been there for, it's like I can't fucking believe it myself. Like. Sometimes it's like a it's like a Forrest Gump kind of a thing. Like, yeah, here's that thing you heard about it. Now that over there on the side, that's me right there. Like, what what the hell is this? You know. But then you get some kind of a deal like this comes down the pipe, and you're like, son of a bitch, man. Like, how how do you, how can you keep being here for all this crazy shit? And you know, in fairness, dude, I ain't gonna try to make the shit about me because it ain't about me. It ain't happening to me. It's just happening near me. It just fucking sucks. Is all. With that though, man, yeah, um, the party don't stop, man. The party don't stop, and so here at the Abuse Hour, we're gonna keep the abuse going. So today, man, I wanted to hit a little bit on. Uh, I wanted to review kind of this this Rob Rundo thing, man, and uh, we'll get to that here momentarily. And if if it it should ring a bell for you, and if not, I'll give you as as much details as I have. But. Um, I wanted to kind of go over some of that. I wanted to touch on a few more staying invisible, staying anonymous, not getting yourself in a tight spot type things. And um, then lastly, dude, what somebody had put in the chat, somebody had posted this pretty sweet article about, uh, you know, obviously not for my usage and obviously not for you, your usage, because we're all law-abiding citizens and nobody would ever have a reason to come looking for us. But just as a topic of conversation, you know, vis-a-vis your Julian Assange, your uh, Edward Snowden, your Rob Rundo, uh, you know, if we entertain the idea of what if I was in this man's shoes, you know, or, you know, if I was playing this like some kind of live action role play, like what would I do? And so where are some countries for which U.S. extradition does not apply? And it's, man, there's not a lot to work with, but there is... There is a little flex in there, and you know there are some things to think about, some things to think through, and um, you know it's just some stuff to to entertain the idea on. But first, man, so this uh, this Rob Rundo thing, dude, um, this guy. For, so for my money, let me let me just spell it out like pretty plain and simple. So this guy Rob Rundo, is one of the uh, one of co-founders, I guess, founder or co-founder of RAM, the Rise Against Movement, which is essentially just a pro-white fitness organization, right? Like these dudes aren't doing anything crazy. I mean, if they were black and they had on berets and carrying rifles and marching down the middle of a street, people would say, oh, look at this. These good fellows are organizing and that's lovely to see. But it's not that. It's white dudes who get together, they do workouts, they do a little boxing, they do a little grappling, they went to some uh, some protest events, and as it happens then, back in 2017, there was a pro-Trump rally in uh, Southern California, and um, there were some Antifa dudes that showed up, basically just, just to do what Antifa dudes always do, show up, start shit, hurt people, and then take off and pretend to be a victim. Uh, so these guys, the Ram guys, I guess, showed up, and these Antifa guys started attacking these Trump supporters, and these Ram guys, and again, as I understand it, stepped in and fought some of these guys off, but then it was these Ram guys who got arrested. They all got arrested. Nobody else got arrested. They got arrested and charged with uh, rioting, conspiracy to riot, all this kind of shit. So this, uh, this Trump 
rally thing that went on man this was back in 2017 and i think this was this was before the charlottesville situation and i don't know if you remember like back that far if you were part of this thing or not man but back that far like it was a state of flux dude like you could still get away with quite a bit you could get away with showing your face in public but it was like the regular citizens weren't going to come down on you but it was like if your name and your face got out there and they were like hey it's all white supremacist like that was that was sufficient like anybody that that got called a white supremacist in the newspapers was like yeah you're basically fired we're gonna come to your house we're gonna make a scene you know now it's like dude everybody's a white supremacist like if you're not you know beating on the door trying to enlist to to defend israel or to fight for ukraine like you're a de facto white supremacist so fuck you right but back in the day, it was it was a serious thing. So this uh, rally went down in, I want to say it was Huntington Beach. And I actually got invited to that, man. There was a dude that I knew when I still lived in California. And he called me. He was like, hey, man, there's going to be a Trump rally. And we think there might be some Antifa guys show up. We're going to go down there, you know, just lend some support and shit. And I was like... I'd like to, man. I'd like to be able to. And I had heard that, like, the Ram guys, these are good dudes, or stand-up guys. Uh, but I was like, dude, I just, I don't do that kind of thing, man. I don't go in public because, you know, you do you. You know, if you're comfortable protesting or you're whatever it is, you do you, man. Me, I don't do it, dude. Because to me, my thinking is like this, dude. Like, you know, when you walk along the street, dude, you walk along a sidewalk, do you walk right next to the street or do you walk a step or two away, you know, from traffic, right? Because my thinking is this, right? Like you leave that little buffer area there. You don't go and stand right next to it because what if something happens? What if you slip? What if you trip? What if you bobbledy boobledy? You know, you ever go to a subway? Even worse, man. Like if you've ever been to a major city, like especially like in New York or something, you stand way the hell back, right? From where that car is coming by. You stand the fuck back. Because what if someone bumps into you? What if you just have your head up your ass? And you're like looking at your phone and you're like, whoa, 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 hey. And you just kind of lose your balance for a minute. You know, what if some dusty African comes by and just shoves you because he's malicious or because he's drunk? We know this happens. All right. Or just for just for kicks. I just want to throw somebody on the tracks. Is this a possibility? Fuck yeah, it is. So when you're in one of these tight spots, you leave a little slack, right? You stay back a little bit. Now, if something happens, you know, you're standing there waiting for the subway and Tyrone comes by and is like, motherfucker, and gives you a shove, you can still like, bum, 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 bum. You, you could probably fall right over if you want, but you're not going to end up straddling the third rail, getting turned into an appetizer, you know, because you didn't leave any slack in the system. So to me, this is kind of the same thing where these, you know, especially being part of our thing where these public demonstrations are concerned is that like, yeah, dude, you can show up and yeah, you have more rights and yeah, maybe you're more physically capable than somebody that might show up to oppose you. Maybe you're extremely physically capable and some guy shows up with a hammer and you can fight him off. Maybe you got three or four or 10 friends with you and you're all there and you're all very capable. But what fucking if, man? So to me, like, what if, and this, that, this particular situation, I remember thinking it at the time, because I had considered, like, dude, these guys are, these guys are fucking in shape, these guys are solid, uh, you know, I could probably go out here, things will be fine, dude. I remember thinking, like, yeah, I could see going to this, man, and what could possibly go wrong? Like, I'm in shape, I can fight, these guys are in shape, they can fight, who's gonna fucking try you? And you're not breaking any fucking laws, you're just showing up to show support, which was, you know, the naive take at the time. 
And, uh, you know, as was the custom at the time, we assumed that we had civil rights and, well, it found, uh, we found out later that uh, that was mistaken. But, uh, yeah, man, I thought, what could possibly go wrong? And I considered going to this thing. But then I find out later that it's like, you show up, these fucking, you know, screwball Antifa dudes start beating on these, honestly, like probably just some mild-mannered Trump supporters, people who just wanted to get together and wave flags and do what those people do and, you know, unfortunately falsely tell themselves that they had somebody that supported their interests, you know, driving this train. You know, so these guys start getting beat up and now these guys step in and weapons come out, guys are getting fucking worked. All right. So it becomes a heavy hitting event, man. It becomes a fucking scrap. And now I look at that and I'm like, well, if I know that I have a good chance of being in a situation like that, am I going to walk into that unarmed? Fuck no. So now I'm in that situation and I'm armed. Now what happens? Now I'm not going to be on trial for just, you know, beating a guy up or something. Now it's going to be like, yeah, there's a guy that's really, really fucked up. Like he might not make it. And that ain't to try to flex some kind of thing like, bro, you don't want me, bro. I'll fucking kill people. But if you're going to put yourself knowingly in a situation and like, I'll get back to the, you know, the, 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 the topic in a minute. But if you're going to put yourself in a situation that can be avoided where, you know, you're like, yeah, there's a pretty good chance, man, that I, that I faced armed opposition here to walk into something like that unarmed with a fucking excuse of like, yeah, but my rights, bro. I'm just here to exercise my rights, bro. And like, oh, yeah, you crack my fucking head open. Well, haha, the joke's on you. You broke the law. No, dude, they broke your head. And now you got fucking nothing. Now you got a fucking limp and a speech impediment, but you still got your rights, right? And But as we've seen here, you, know, you come away with a limp and uh, one eye that doesn't work or some kind of shit, but you're still going to get hemmed up for conspiracy to riot. So back to live action, uh, these Ram dudes and this guy, Rob Rundo in particular, get rolled up and they get charged with conspiracy to riot, which I listened to a talk by uh, Mike Painovich at the uh, rightstuff.biz there. And he did a solo deal and talked through this whole thing. And this conspiracy to riot law, this was a deal that they had passed uh, like back in the civil rights era you know, governing a lot of the riots and shit that were going on and addressing like the, the very organized nature of a lot of it. Because, you know, as a lot of us come to find out later, some of these people like this Rosa Parks and yes, including MLK Jr. and his plagiarized dream speech. Like a lot of this was this was not like some kind of grassroots like, yeah, man, I'm just tired of my rights being trampled. I'm just trying to support my family and go to work. And then I'm just minding my business. And some cop comes and smacks me across the fucking head. And I walk outside and there's a guy with a fire hose hitting me. Like, no, dude, it was not like that at all. These were organized efforts to destabilize otherwise functional societies. And if you think that's fucking nuts, get on fucking Google Earth. And take a look at places like Selma, Alabama or Little Rock, Arkansas. All these places that like fucking segregation is bullshit and it's terrorism. Well, take a look, friend. Take a look at what you got for your efforts and then try to tell me if that was the right call. In any case, so they got this fucking law and they charge these guys with it. And first time this Rob Rundo goes in there and they're like, yeah, dude, this uh, this law is unconstitutional. The way this is written, it would apply in a way that would basically... Uh, limit anything, you know, like any kind of talk about like, yeah, dude, I'm real pissed off about the state of whatever. And I think we should do something. And five guys go out there to just walk down the street with signs. No, this would prohibit that. This would make that kind of thing 
illegal. So they say, well, no, this is this is unconstitutional. This infringes on people's right to free speech, right to assembly, this kind of thing. So these charges are dismissed to say that, the, you know, that you violated this law. This law is fucking unconstitutional. It has to go. So they let the guy go, but then they go and amend the law. They changed the law, uh, you know, I don't know, cut out the parts that were unconstitutional. But so basically, yeah, we fixed the law. We changed the law. So now we can charge you with it. Now, I'm not completely sure how the fuck that is legal. Like, yeah, here's the law. You broke it. Yeah, dude, that that law is either unconstitutional or I'm not guilty of violating that or whatever. Okay, well, we went back and changed the law. So now we're going to charge you with it. Like, what the how the fuck is this not a discussion? You know? But apparently it fucking flew somehow. And I mean, anymore, dude, in the States, does does anything really need to make sense? Right? Like somebody in a tiny hat or a black robe says, hey, guess what? You're in trouble. Like, does it really fucking matter? Does it matter if you were even there? Like, you're going to have to get in here and take your beating and then explain yourself later because you're going to fucking, you're going to swing, friend. But so the guy got cut loose and then... Um, those charges got dismissed and he took off to Europe for a while, I guess. And then he got extradited from Romania. So now, mind you, like this guy was not an international arms trafficker. This guy did not murder anyone. Uh, they can't even really, they haven't even named anybody that like, yeah, you attacked this guy over here. Like, yeah, this this riot thing. Well, here is a victim. Like, show me the body, dude. Show me the victim. Who did I fucking assault? Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because we have you on video assaulting someone, not even assaulting, but fighting with someone. Well, did this constitute self-defense? Why was that guy out there with a hammer? Uh, it doesn't fucking matter. We're in here for you. So they extradite this fucking guy from Romania. Like, go to all that fucking effort like he's goddamn war criminal or something. Extradite him from fucking Romania. Lock him back up. And I think that went down in, I think it was March of 2023, if I remember right. And... Um, so he'd been locked up on that occasion since March 2023, and now, just recently, the, the other day, I guess, what, by the time this comes out, two days ago or something, the uh, judge looks at it and says, yeah, okay, so I see that you have, you know, whatever, adjusted this law, now you want to prosecute this guy for a conspiracy to riot and whatever the fuck else, like conspiracy to violate civil rights or hate crimes or assaults or what the fuck ever they're going to charge him with. But this guy says, well, look, whether he may or may not have done those things, uh, this is, I think the term was prejudicial prosecution, where it's essentially like there's two people involved in something, say like two guys are robbing a bank. And now you say, well, I'm going to, I'm going to prosecute this guy, but this guy over here, I'm going to just let him go. He's, I'm just going to let it go. And I guess a criteria for this thing is that it's it's got to be people that are in the same situation and there had been other attempts to uh i guess with the january 6th guys to say like hey like look at this portland situation where people had stormed a courthouse or had invaded a courthouse these guys are doing the same shit why are these guys not in any trouble and the argument was like look dude that's not similar it's a completely different situation it's on a completely different coast whether or not you look at it and say it's the exact same kind of a situation in this case, it's the exact same situation. These Antifa dudes attacked these, whatever, supporters, rally attendees. These Ram guys intervened. And then I guess these Antifa dudes were attacking them as well. So uh, I think the, the case could very easily be made that you could either, one, you could say, like, look, this is self-defense, dude. Or it's defense of somebody else who's obviously being attacked with weapons. Or you could say that this was mutual combat where 
I came out here to get into, get into it, and these Antifa clowns came out here to get into it. We decided mutually to get into it. But what you can't do is say, well, no, those guys with hammers over there, uh, they're good to go. You go ahead and take off. You guys, oh, you guys are going to be in some trouble. You're, you're all in trouble. Come on in here. So the judge found it this way and said, yeah, no, man, you can't prosecute these guys, but not those guys. So he cut him loose. So apparently these, uh, these feds had their paperwork in a row and ready, like ready to file. And as soon as this guy got cut loose, they filed with Ninth Circuit Court, I guess the California uh, Supreme Court there, and filed uh, requesting this injunction to like keep this guy locked up. So charges are dismissed. So like at present, like the guy doesn't have any charges pending. But now these guys are like, no, 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 we need to look again. I think this was a bad judgment. So they filed this shit, and I guess this Ninth Circuit Court, I don't know I don't know if it's just been filed or if they're actively looking at it or when they're expected to rule on it, but, like, these fuckers, like, put it in there, like, boom, immediately, like, motherfucker, look at the state of California, dude, like, I don't mean that as a pun, either, like, look at the condition of the fucking place, all right, when you say, like, when you say you know, there was this gag about like 11 million illegals in America, like get the fuck out of here, dude. If there's not, there's got to be 11 million illegals just in California at this point. I mean, that border is goddamn wide open, man. Uh, that and, and if you didn't know, the the border in California at uh, at San Diego, the the San Ysidro border, that is the busiest border in the world. Not like I don't mean like hyperbolically, man, in some kind of weird way. That is the border with more crossings per day than any other border on the planet. Or I don't know how many it is. You look it up on your own time if you want. But I mean, there is a metric fuck ton of, uh, of border crossings there. And people will come across. I mean, there's, it, it's just like you, if you go and you see it, man, I mean, it's uh, like I've been to that border and it's, well, you know what? You can see it in, um, I think it was the, that movie Sicario. I think they, um, I think they filmed it at that border and it's just lines of fucking cars, dude. Every day there's Mexicans driving over and back and over and back. And it's, I don't know what the requirements are if you're Mexican to come across, but you try to tell me motherfuckers aren't just driving fuckers across in their trunk. Like, pick a good day and, like, a day when it's busy and they're just like, come on, come on, come on, come on. You know, come across, cleaning lady. Come across, do this thing. And tell me that there's not people coming across in trunks of fucking cars, all right? And I'll fucking, I'll eat my hat, dude. You know, the same way is something you would see in Southern California is there's actually people that would drive to work in Mexico. I mean, you see all kinds of shit, dude. I knew, uh, I knew a dentist that lived in the U.S., but had his office in Mexico, like just right across the border. And the deal was that you do the same shit with the same equipment, you provide the same service, but you go over there and you do it for a whole fucking lot less, but you're going to go home with a whole fucking lot more money because you don't got to pay all this malpractice insurance. You don't have to go through all the insurance and give them their fucking cut. Because when you do this through insurance, insurance is taking this monster fucking cut. And now this guy gets, he gets whatever the fuck he gets. Right. So it's a, it's a huge fucking shakedown. So a guy goes over there. He does what he does. You need your teeth fucking fixed. You're getting it from this American dude. He just works, you know, 10 miles down the road instead of right here. It costs you less. It costs him less. Everybody fucking wins. But he's going to drive down there in the morning and then in the evening he's coming back. But sound now what's going to stop some guy that say some guy is, you know, whatever, Mexican-American, he's going to drive down there. Now, what's he coming back with? You know, if he sees 
the same border guards, if he if he starts getting a schedule of like, yeah, I know this guy's going to be here. I got a feel for the traffic. I know, you know, what it's going to be like up there. All right, Tuesday, dude, I'll bring back whatever you need. I'll bring back this guy. I'll bring back this pallet of, of fucking cocaine, whatever the fuck, dude. So you try to tell me with that many millions of crossings going on that nothing fucking shysty is happening. Get the fuck out of here, dude. And that's just counting the legal fucking avenues of entry. That's not counting any of this shit where like, yeah, just walk on in, dude. I mean, if you go to the coast, because I've seen the coast like right there at the at the California-Mexico border, dude, it's just a little fence that runs like, you know, I don't know what, 20 yards out into the water. Put your fucking shorts on, swim the fuck around. Just swim around the fucking fence. There's nobody there. Go down the fucking beach. It's right fucking there. You know, get your cousin Jaime to pick you up up on the freeway or some shit. It's it's fucking, it's a quick fix, dude. Like, it's it's, it's madness, dude, to suggest that uh, there's any level of border security. But looking at California, man, um, that place is completely fucked, dude. I mean, there's, there's high schools there where people just don't speak English. All right. Um, I will tell you, uh, and I can tell you this because there's really no docs risk to it. Um, when I was uh, a lot younger, my youngest kid in California had this kid in school and he'd come home and I'm like, how's school? Ah, I don't know. How's school? Ah, I don't know. I'm like, what the fuck do you mean? I don't know. And like, I, like he'd tell you something like we did this, we read this, we looked at a book. Like, how the fuck is that all? That's all you did today? Like you looked at a book, like you listened to one story or you did one activity. He's like, well, I can't understand a lot of it. And then you, you find out that like at this school, like half the day is in Spanish. So they're reading the book. Well, they're reading it, you know, to your kid, but now half of it's going to be in Spanish because they're reading to all the, the illegal kids. And a lot of places they would have this shit where like, yeah, you've got to have a, an affidavit saying you actually live in this place, you know, in this neighborhood or you, that your kids should be going to school here. That doesn't mean shit. You know what I mean? That people would do shit like, we saw this kind of shit in the military too, where people are like, bro, let me set up a phone at your house. So basically you get like a cell phone bill or you take charge of somebody's gas bill or you take charge of somebody's water bill or their trash or what the fuck ever. Just so you have a bill that's going to that fucking house. So now if you got a kid and it's like, yeah, I want my kid to go to this school in this neighborhood and like, okay, you got to fill out this thing that says you live here and bring us some kind of proof of residency. Okay. Like what? Like a, like a utility bill or a phone bill or some shit. Okay. Here you go. Okay. You're good to go. And so you'd see these school districts with like these, these fucking ninos just lined up out the fucking door and like, how the fuck the motherfucker? I know you don't live here, dude. Or they'll all, you know, gang up. And I've seen this too, where like families, like multiple families will all be registered at the same shitbox apartment. Like 20 of them are living in, you know, apartment F, you know, the one bedroom apartment F and they all fucking live there. So, I mean, it's just, it's fucking insane, dude. It's, it's, that place is fucked. So they, and that's why I left too. But so to look at all those fucking problems, you know, not to mention the fucking crime and the drugs and the homeless shit. I mean, just the madness, dude, the place is being fucking gutted. And in spite of all that, you're going to look at this situation and say, you know, this is well and good, but this rundo son of a bitch, this is top of the ticket, dude. This needs to be handled fucking yesterday. And to make that priority one, I mean, that just speaks to me uh, in terms of what a threat they see this guy as. And in terms of this rise against movement thing, I mean, 
dude, I, I looked into it and it's compared to a lot of stuff you see out there. It's very minimally political, quite honestly. It's about guys, uh, guys getting in shape, guys getting off substance abuse, guys staying clean, guys being productive, guys cleaning up their act, finding work, finding a kind of fellowship, a, fine, a kind of a camaraderie, all good shit, all extremely positive shit. But the idea that one, that it's white men linking up and doing this shit together, and two, that they're developing any kind of capability of protecting themselves. That right there, it's like, yeah, this is a, a fucking no-go. I don't want any part of this. And even if they can't make it stick on this guy, the point is that you see it and you're like, dude, I saw what they did to that fucking Rundo guy. I don't really want to be part of anything that it, that it, that it, you know. I mean, I guess last I had heard was he had been released and I'm not sure exactly how you go and roll the guy back up because it's like, well, dude, there's no charges. Those charges were dismissed. Like, how do you just go right back to the guy and like, hey, I got to take you into custody for fucking what guy? You know, well, like, what are the fucking charges? I don't know, dude. I don't know. They're, they're trying to decide on the charges still. They don't know what the charges are going to be. They just know that there's going to be charges. We'll, we'll change the laws till we can find the fucking crime. And uh, that, I guess, it led to some discussion on, like, bro, I wouldn't fucking stick around. If it's, if it's become very, very obvious that um, you ain't going to walk this thing off, that you are going to get fucking hit for something one way or the fucking other, then maybe I would fucking bolt again. You know, maybe not to Romania because they sent you back last time, but maybe to somewhere else that is... Um, you know, less likely to turn you over. And with that, uh, guys had started floating ideas on like, what are some non-extradition countries and this kind of thing. Uh, I looked into some of that, man, and I'll get to more of that in a second. But um, before I get to that, I wanted to hit a little more on uh, kind of staying anonymous in terms of in terms of how people are seeing you. Can people follow you around? Making yourself a little bit less of a target. So, look, man, the facts are the facts, you know, and I've heard some people talk about shit like, look, man, I don't fucking hide. I don't this. I don't that. Like, look, you got to think of this shit in worst case scenario type terms. Like wherever the fuck you are, you're in a house, you're in your apartment, you're doing whatever it is you do, man. And now you imagine one of these worst case deals, which you and I have both seen where like a gang of fuckers shows up outside your house with a bullhorn, with flaming bottles, with all this shit, ready to fuck your place up. And you could say, well, I would call the cops. Well, I will do this. Well, I will do that. Look, God damn it. I can only say so many ways. You don't have any fucking rights. All right. Your opinion about shit negates all of your rights. Like you don't have to fucking look too far to look at like, hey, look, here's some black guy that beat some white kid to death. Right, Ian Liming, perfect example. Some some black dude, group of black dudes, beat some white kid to death. Yeah, but was there an excuse? Yeah, but did he say something he shouldn't have said? Did he call him N-word? Look at that kid, uh, Cannon Hinnant. It's like a six or seven-year-old kid playing in his fucking yard. And some dude walks up, soul brother from across the street, walks up and shoots a kid in the head. Now, you can call that crazy. This isn't about, this isn't even actually about uh, that particular African gentleman. But what did his dad say? What did his parents say? Do you remember after, after 
He wasn't racist. He was a nice, he was friendly to everybody. So what you're suggesting to me then is that there is some remote possibility in your mind that the kid could have deserved it, you know, if he had been suspected of racism. So if you're kid under 10, you know, somebody could say like, well, yeah, but was he racist? Well, then maybe that kid deserved to be shot in the head. That's, that's the takeaway there. All right. So when you say like, oh, no, he wasn't racist. You're saying like what he would have been uh, rightfully shot in the head in his own yard, playing in his own fucking yard. If somebody could have said like, oh, yeah, that 10 year old kid, he uh, he said N word one time. He saw it written on a bathroom wall and had the nerve to repeat it without knowing what he was saying. Well, too bad, kid. That's the price of racism. And you're going to pay. Well, I guess that's just how it is in America. All right. That's uh, yeah. What part and fucking parcel. All right. So get it through your head, man. You don't have any fucking rights. All right. As soon as you start taking unpopular opinions, your rights go away. With that said, then let's look a little bit more real quick on some things you can do to stay a little bit in the gray. All right. So one talked last time about using a VPN. So this hides your your digital location. Right. So even, you know, even if John Law, Mafeds or whatever, they wanted to try and come and hunt you down. They can do it, all right, but it's going to be a little more ass pain for them. So if you're in a spot where, like, you know, it's you shit posting, it's some other guy in the chat shit posting, it's a bunch of guys shit posting, okay, well, that's well and good. If you're not doing something that's like, you know, some kind of actionable, like you're making some kind of threats, like this guy seems really off the rails. He might actually do something fucking stupid tomorrow. And we got to hem this guy up. We got to hunt this motherfucker down. If you're not saying or suggesting that that's you, it's going to be a lot harder for them to say, you know, because these are people too, man, you know, as much as it doesn't seem that way, feds are people too. And they get tired. They got to work long hours. They're inclined to take the easy road on things just like anybody, man. So when you've got all your shit in a row, when you make yourself hard to find, when you've got your VPN on, when you're not giving little breadcrumb details to let people figure out who you are, when you're hiding yourself like that, they're going to naturally take an easier way. It's what people do. It's how people are. And they're going to go, you know what? I could spend the rest of my natural life trying to hunt this guy down, or I could just shift over here and go round up this idiot who's like posting pictures of his house and pictures of a bunch of guns and saying that, uh, you know, he's gonna, whatever day of the rope, this kind of, some kind of crazy shit, right? He's going to do something fucking completely off the res. I could just go roll that guy up. That's a whole lot easier. So in that sense, like we, like we talked about last time in a digital sense, you want to remain as low profile as possible, dude. Don't make your, don't give somebody a reason. Don't give somebody a reason to come to your door and ask you, what exactly did you mean by this when you said, da, 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 da. right? Don't fucking do that. So in the same way you try to stay low viz uh, in a digital sense, you got to try to stay low viz in a physical sense. So what I'm talking about there is like, even if you do go somewhere where you're, uh, you're talking it up, you're saying, sharing some fucking opinions, this kind of thing. What you want to make sure of is that you yourself, anything identifiable as attached to you, like your car or where you live, make sure you minimize that shit as well. All right. Um, I still have a habit of like, dude, if, if I'm driving from somewhere like back to my house, dude, I'll drive through mystery neighborhoods or take a few extra turns or maybe hop over there and hop back and like stop at a gas station and just sit there for a minute or two just to check it out. And maybe you could call it paranoia. Well, it's paranoia until they show up at your fucking house, dude. 
Because by then, you know, you, and you know, you might be the hard motherfucker that says like, go ahead and come, bro. I got something for your ass. Dude, I will a thousand fucking times, like, I will much, much prefer, like, if it's got to go that direction, I want it to be on my schedule, dude. I want, I would want it to be like when I decide, like, okay, dude, it's going kinetic today. I don't want to have to make that decision when somebody has followed me back to my house or if I go to some fucking rally or some shit, which I don't do anyway. But if I had, and then I go back to my house that somebody just follows me and sees what I'm doing. All right. So to that end, dude, I say protect yourself. And what I mean here is that one real easy trick you could do is, is what I'll refer to as the pit stop. So making frequent pit stops, and this can be in your vehicle. This can be while you're cruising on foot. Like if you're going from one place to another, then you just duck into a spot and you see what happens. So what you see, like, and, and it was interesting because like, um, listening to that talk today on, uh, the Rob Rundo thing, Mike Panovich was talking about how he had met up with a few of these guys on a few occasions, like years back. And they had done some stuff like gone to, uh, had some, like some fires at the beach and stuff like in, in California, you can do this shit. Like they'll have fire pits out there. You go down to the beach with your friends, hang out there for the evening, you know, put a fire on, sit there and yuck it up for a while. But he said he'd gone out there with some of these guys, like some of the Ram guys. And, um, they were out there and while they're there, there's like, John Law is out there fucking sitting in their black SUV. The fucking feds are out there checking them out. Like, well, we're going to follow these guys, see what they fucking do. Dude, I don't give any free passes for that kind of shit, man. So you want to follow me? Fucking follow me, Holmes. I mean, with these guys, obviously, it's like they don't give a shit if you notice. You know, like, yeah, you notice I'm following you. That's fine, dude. But make them fucking pay, dude. Like, go ahead and get get in the car. Fucking drive them all over the place. Drive their car through, you know, all kinds of shit neighborhoods. Because they're probably not going to look at whatever you're driving. You know, you drive through the fucking hood. A lot of these places, dude, that you'll notice in the hood, um, I've spent sometimes in and out of some really shitty fucking neighborhoods. And a lot of these places where there's a lot of, like, drug trafficking or this kind of shit that goes on. Dude, I've been to neighborhoods where they have video cameras set up, like, on the street. All right? They'll have their little informant networks, and there's a little guy out there, and like, whoop, whoop, and they'll fucking hootie who and guys will take off running doors will get locked windows will get shut this kind of thing driving through some of those neighborhoods man make them uncomfortable for a little while come on fuckhead we're going to the hood we're going to the ghetto we're going to drive you around I'm going to pull you through all these fucking neighborhoods and that's uh really one of the takeaways here is if somebody wants to follow you like they got to go where you go so you can fucking drag them in drag them into shitty neighborhoods dude i drug guys into strip bars once when I was doing some of this shit for training, man. And they're like, stop going to fucking strip clubs. I'm like, what's the problem? You uncomfortable? Like, that's the fucking point of this, dickhead. Like, if you're not comfortable and I am, then who's got an advantage? I do. Get fucked. So, um, yeah, I digress, though. But, uh, yeah, in terms of, of uh, keeping that low profile, man, like, keep your, you know, dude, you're a fucking political dissident. Keep your shit on the lowdown. Don't put fucking bumper stickers on your fucking car. Like, why would you put stickers and shit on something that can get destroyed when you're not looking it may like and stickers and shit like that it makes it easier to follow you get rid of that kind of shit man uh dress a little bit anonymously so you don't stand out don't wear shit like you know the, the doc martin type shit the 1.0 type tip uh it's a cool look man i love the fucking look i think it's fucking hilarious but don't do that shit all right don't do it it makes you fucking obvious it makes you a target 
And it's it's the last thing we need at this point because we've already seen that if these fuckers see you, like if you're out there with your fucking with your big fucking boots and you, you're like your 1.0 look, which cool as it is, if you're out there Han Solo, dude, now what's to stop these fucks from like, hey, let's go beat the shit out of that guy. They come up to you with a fucking hammer. If you tune up three of them, who's going to get arrested? I think the Rob Rundo example fucking speaks for itself, does it not? So I think we beat that into the ground, man. But again, like anonymously, 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 you don't get to pick and fucking choose. Just like this fucking Navalny thing, man, this fucking Alexander Navalny thing. You know, to what degree that guy was or wasn't like a viable threat, the guy was a dumb fuck, all right? And whether you agree with his side of the fence or his take on the politics, whatever, at the end of the day, the guy got handed a lot of slack. He got probation like two or three times and he rolled out to Germany and then like a dumb fuck came back to Russia and started stirring the fucking pot again. So it's like, dude, how many fucking chances do you need? So he got shipped off to the fucking penal colony up by the fucking Arctic Circle. And then whether he got snuffed by the U.S. or by the Russians, which I highly doubt, honestly, or he just fucking fell down dead, died of suddenly. I don't fucking know. But whatever it was happened to him, you brought it on yourself, you dumb motherfucker, because you don't get to play both sides of the fence. If you're going to be a fucking dissident, be a fucking dissident. That means keeping your head down, keeping your mouth closed. Plan effectively, speak when it's important. Otherwise, man, fucking don't show your power level. That's the fucking news. All right, so the barrel of laughs for today, man. Uh, somebody put in the chat like uh, an article about, and I don't even remember, I don't have it in front of me, man. Sorry, it's, it's in the chat. It's in the fucking chat. Look for it if you want it. But um, somebody put an article in there talking about countries that don't have extradition agreements with the U.S., and I guess kind of the first thing to, to put in your pocket, man, is that, I mean, the U.S. in a lot of ways really does rule a lot of the world with just an iron Hebrew fist, man. Um, if you hadn't heard it before, it's something I had talked about before, the idea that, like, if you were going to go somewhere and try to get a second passport and stand up like... You know, I'm going to have my own, my, my secret Swiss bank account and I'm not going to get taxed by the U.S. government. Fucking wrong, dude. A hundred shades of wrong. Because um, the way it is, is that uh, the U.S. basically has a stranglehold on most of the civilized world. Whereby, you know, you go someplace and you get a passport. It says where you're born on the fucking passport. Not like where are you a citizen of or what country is this thing for? Yeah, but where were you born? And if it says U.S., then when you walk into whatever bank you walk into and, like, you get a citizenship in where, wherever, dude, uh, Jamaica, you know, like you're Jamaican and you get the, the passports and you go into the to the bank and you got to open an account and they see that and it says U.S., like, a lot of countries are, are just like, man, sorry, I can't do shit for you. Like, I won't fucking help you out. Like, you're going to have to go get, like, your driver's license or your local ID or whatever the hell and then walk in there and try to do it like you're some kind of regular person because their concern is that the U.S. will put the wood to these countries and be like, hey, you got an American doing some banking there. We want to see what they have. And a lot, like, like, most countries will be like, yeah, okay, whatever you say, boss. So they're not gonna they're not gonna give you any play. So like this idea of like I'm gonna get another passport and I'm gonna be a citizen of somewhere else and then Uncle Sam can't touch me, ha ha ha. Like, yeah, wrong, dude. You are mistaken. So in that sense, looking at 
if you were, you know, like we were talking about hypothetically this idea with the Rob Rondo or with the Julian Assange or any of this stuff, if you were going to look at like, where could I haul ass to, you know, like, like say whatever you're hard and raw on the run from the law and you want to hypothetically get away, then where could you, uh, where could you go? Um, there ain't a whole hell of a lot out there, but this article listed, so this article listed some places and I wanted to talk through a few of these spots, you know, give some, some things to think about, but also some of the things that are a little bit, I don't, I don't want to say outside the lines, but just not what's out there is not the same as the way you think of it. You know, kind of like if you think of like, a legal system or a hospital, especially a hospital. And you're like, oh, what does a hospital entail? Oh, it's this, it's this. Dude, go to a hospital in like somewhere in Asia, dude. You're going to have an entirely different impression. All right. And so there's there's a lot of that where this is involved. So this, um, uh, I mean, right off the bat, like this uh, Rob Rundo thing, this guy rolled out to Romania. And I think that's where that Andrew Tate, balloon head and you know whatever anybody thinks about him the guy's he's just kind of a fucking dork for my money man i don't know what that guy's fucking deal is um you know the the guy's like he was like living that high life living that baller life in romania or whatever and got rolled up but i, I mean i think the thing to take away there especially from that thing is money talks dude women like money so the guy was in romania not rob rundo but this this andrew tate thing if you remember that if you're not too aware of it you got to appreciate the differences in in how far you can get in an economy depending on you know the money in your pocket so you got dollars american in your pocket like a lot of places in asia like a lot of places in asia a lot of places around the world uh and certainly eastern europe the dollar goes a long fucking way and that's going to come up later but I think like the mistake this fucking guy made is the same mistake a lot of military dudes make when they go to Asia the first time. And there's women like like women who are in shape, like young for them, you know, if, if you're into Asian women, which I'm not especially, but just the same young and in shape. They're their version of hot. OK, they're hottest women. They're throwing themselves at you because you are filthy fucking rich. All right, so you look at some rich motherfucker driving around in the U.S. It's like, you know, yeah, I got like a big penthouse fucking that overlooks the park or whatever. And I got a fleet of Benzes and this is rich son of a bitch. And women are like, he's got a really nice personality. And you're like, fucking guy, you, you just like him because he's rich. You want those Benzes. All right, you go somewhere else. It's it's like they like you because you can afford running water. You know, like he's that high rolling motherfucker. Like he goes to the Burger King. You know, he, uh, he's got that running water. He's got that air conditioning on demand. I can air condition whenever the fuck I want. That's you, dude. High roller. And I think the mistake Andrew Tate made was like, yeah, dude, I'm a good looking baller ass motherfucker. I'm in East Block, dude, rolling deep. And I got, uh, all manner of hot bitches up on my tip and shit. I, I can't even do his, his accent. Cause it's like this thoroughly irritating combination of like, quasi-British slash fucking Canadian slash, you know, the 56% or whatever. And it, it's, it irritates the shit out of me just to hear it. I, I don't like her and people talk. I, I look, Leafs, I love you, man. Day of the rake. I'm your guy. But that accent, it's got to fucking go, man. It's got to fucking go. And Andrew Tate smoking a cigar and like shit talking some good looking blonde woman that's like 
trying to get a leg up because you know because basically she's a whore but you know don't try to sell me on this homes but it's like the mistake a lot of dudes make that like you go to one of these shitbox countries where the dollar is so fucking strong and you know you walk out of there thinking that you're fucking rich smart and good looking you know like you got your shit together like no dude you're still the same fucking schnook you were you know a few days ago just now you have a fuck ton of money so long story short fucking andrew tate got pinched sent back out of romania uh rob rundo got pinched and sent back out of romania and i don't know maybe there's something to romania maybe it's maybe it's the shit don't know never been um i did read up a little bit on east block though with uh that article there and it lists out like it lists out like all these east block countries and all of them are listed as having extradition agreements with uh with the u.s with the exception of um well andorra and andorra so like check this shit out i looked this shit up so the countries that don't have extradition treaties it was like andorra um kosovo and then I think, I want to think that Switzerland will tell him to get fucked because Swiss are just that fucking way. Um, Vatican City, you know, but like you ain't getting no long-term stay in a lot of these places. So looking at like the, the thing I wanted to hit on here, like especially where Eastern Europe is concerned is one, like a Europe type situation would be ideal because, you know, you're a white dude and you're on the run. Um, you're going to be able to speak the language, but a lot of these places like Switzerland or France or Germany, your dollar is going to go very fucking far, man. So it already costs a lot, right? And doing any kind of secret squirrel shit, like when you see like James Bond and shit, like high roller, like that's why they're rolling high like that because this shit is expensive, dude. Like trying to live two lives, three lives, this shit is fucking spendy. All right, so you're like, you stay in a place, you got to roll to another place, maybe somebody's going to dime you out, you got to pay somebody off, you got to, you're always fucking moving. Uh, this shit ain't cheap, dude. So something like, you know, your average European country, it's not going to fucking go well, dude. You're going to want that financial advantage. So trying to step into like, you know, I, I had read that like France will give the U.S. a hard time, Poland, like Roman Polanski had set up shop there and you know, fucking pedo or rapist or whatever that he fucking is and that makes it hard for the u.s to get at him but um you know ideally you're not a rich person so what you want is one of these places that's like no dude i it's not a matter of paperwork it's not a matter of deliberating it's a matter of like we don't do this shit we don't do this shit here so like andorra i looked at that and that's right between france and germany or is it fucking France and Spain, it doesn't fucking matter really because you can't fucking afford it long and short. So looking at it, it's like this little ass place and these people's deal, I guess, is like, yeah, you can't become a citizen of Andorra. Like uh, getting residency in Andorra is like years of, of dick dancing, apparently. Like it, you're always on the bubble. Like it ain't going to fucking happen for you. So don't fucking even ask. Some of these other places... Um, Places like Montenegro, places like Serbia, uh, like Bulgaria, like these places, these are probably places that are good. They would be like, man, I don't give a shit. Like, you know, it says there's an agreement, but it, like the U.S. maybe they call and they're like, hey, can we have this asshole back? 
man, you know, I don't know where he is, dude. Or, like, you know, you give the local guy a couple hundred bucks and he'd probably be like, nah, I didn't see shit, dude. Get the fuck out of here. Like, any chance to, like, shove it up the U.S.'s ass and be like, yeah, sorry, dude. Why don't you send me a whole bunch of paperwork and a bunch of filing fees and I'll see if I can dig up your man. And, like, yeah, nah, couldn't find him, dude. Go ahead and resubmit in a few years or a few months, whatever, whatever suits you, whatever you want to pay for. That, I could see something like that. Uh, so something like Kosovo, I never been to no Kosovo, but uh, I see that um, it's uh, a place that doesn't have an extradition treaty. And then, of course, you know, you've got Russia. Uh, Russia, though, very cold, very fucking, very difficult language to learn. But again, uh, Russia, dude, I have seen where they're, they've got all this stuff where, like, they want traditionally minded people. They're like, come fucking over here, dude. So if you wanted to set up shop... You know, you were like on the run, dude. I mean, they took Snowden in and it's like one more chance to be like, fuck you, Uncle Sam. Like, I'm not going to do shit for you. I'm not going to fucking help you out. Um, and, you know, to that extent, you could kind of see it as like, yeah, maybe this is this would be a fucking ideal option. You know, hypothetically, if you're if you're Edward Snowden or Julian Assange or somebody that's on the fucking run. Uh, if cold is not your thing, uh, Georgia, not the fucking state, but the country, uh, Georgia is another place that doesn't have an extradition treaty. And that place is, um, just East, I think of Turkey. And the deal with Georgia was like, that was like, obviously that was a former Soviet satellite state. And, uh, it's a little bit, I had read about it previously and it is pretty, pretty rough as I have heard. I had heard, I would read some stuff where people are writing about it, about like, oh, everybody's friendly, real estate's cheap. Like, so this is a place where your dollar goes real fucking far. But like anything, this is a place where like, you're going to have to really kind of have your head on a swivel, dude. Like it's, it's a far away place. If you check it out, like their writing system, it looks like Lord of the Rings type shit. Like, it's a trip to look at. I don't know shit about their language. I know a lot of people there speak Russian. I don't know if it's an official language. So, you know, if you could speak Russian already or you, you I don't know, if you have some kind of knack for that shit and you want to try to pick up Georgian, um, maybe that's for you. But, again, uh, it's a place with no extradition treaty, so maybe it works in your favor. Shifting away from Europe, man. Um, well, I mean, there was there was Vatican City as well, but I don't know. <laughs> you ain't getting set up in no Vatican City, man. Get the fuck out of here with that. But shifting away from Europe, um, looking at like South America, there I didn't see anything that didn't have an extradition treaty with the U.S. But what I would say is, is again, depending on where you go, um, there's probably some places that are like... Yeah, officially we do, but a few dollars pointed in the right direction and that paperwork gets lost, man. And um, also, too, I think something, you know, about South America or Central America would be that, you know, the U.S. has got to think to look for you there. And I don't know. And definitely this is the case with with Eastern Europe. Um, I don't know to what degree uh, passports are checked at the border. So probably, I mean, I know that like I drove from, uh, I drove from Germany to Poland once and dude, I, I'll tell, I got to tell you that story next time, man. I'll tell you the, um, Oktoberfest part two story next time. And it's a real shit show, 
But uh, when I drove from Germany to Poland, I know there was no fucking border checkpoint. And I wasn't, like, taking no fucking back road. Like, I was cruising, and you're on the fucking Autobahn, and you're hauling ass, and, like, you're doing your Autobahn thing, man. Five fingers of death. Fucking kill yourself if you want. But uh, you're hauling ass, and then, like, that nice smooth road turns into, like, ribbed for her pleasure, man. Like, you're fucking rocky road. Ba-blam, ba-blam, ba-blam. Like, there goes the fucking suspension. You're like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, dude, you're in Poland now. That's what's what the fuck. But there's no fucking border checkpoint. There's no nothing. You're just driving, and now the road is shit, and the lights are out, and there's bullet holes in the buildings, and you're in fucking Poland. Congratulations. So, in a lot of these places, you know, you got... Most places, it's 90 days when you get there. Like, your initial visa is 90 days. If I was on the run, I would get a look at the place and, like, get a feel for, like, what's the fucking border scene like here, man? So, like, if you come back... Like, when you fly into a place, everything is so fucking tightly controlled, you know? Like, everything is standing fucking line. We're going to look up your ass with a microscope. We're going to scan your passport. We're going to scan you. Like, dude, I went on a fucking vacation thing to Mexico... And these fucking people, man, like, it was like you were fucking trying to be beamed aboard the goddamn Enterprise, man. They got you locked in a little glass box, and they're looking at the thing and looking at you like, asshole, don't act like I'm smuggling something into fucking Mexico. Get the fuck out of here with this weak shit. But, you know, then they finally let you in. It was the same fucking thing with Canada, dude. Canada, not a real fucking place, dude. And and Leafs, again, I'm sorry, you know. And again, day of the rake, give me a call. I'm your fucking guy, but... It's not a real fucking place. And it was the same thing, man. They're looking up my ass with a fucking... Maybe, maybe it's just me. Maybe that's the problem, right? Ask enough stupid questions, get enough right stupid answers. But, I mean, they're looking up my ass like I'm trying to smuggle maple syrup into the fucking yard gnome capital of the world. I don't fucking think so. But um, when you drive in, you know, apparently, like, a lot of this shit is, just goes away. Like, just going to look at your passport and wave you on down the fucking line. So if you drive into one of these places, or if you fucking fly in or whatever the fuck, it would seem like you could, you know, take a look at what's my situation here. And can I, like, go, can I just drive back to the border and, you know, show the guy my passport? He's like, oh, hey, what's up, man? Stamps your passport. Yeah, you're good for another, you know, 90 days or whatever. Or is he going to put your thing in the fucking system? And they're going to be like, oh, yeah, you're a fucking wanted man or whatever. And if that's the case, then now is the time for you to fucking ski daddle. So maybe in that situation, it would be a, a good deal where if you were hanging out at like a border of, um, you know, Montenegro and Kosovo or Kosovo and Macedonia, I think was another one that didn't have an extradition treaty. And I don't know how dodgy Macedonia is, but, you know, some places like that where you're like, you know, the border of Panama and fucking whatever, Colombia. Like, does anybody here give a shit? Will you just look and ominous dominus and stamp the fucking thing and I, I can get out of here? You know, and if that's the case, man, then like you could be good to go indefinitely. They're like, yeah, wanted man, schmanted man. Who gives a fuck? Uh, looking at Asia, dude, um, Asia, there's a lot. And, and Asia is a place I've spent some fucking time and I'll tell you this about Asia, dude. A lot of people will look at Asia as like, you can do goddamn near anything you want. And in a lot of places you can, like, that's the vibe. You can do goddamn near anything you want. I was in one Asian country and we were hanging out with these gangster fucks. And one of the guys I was working with asked one of these, one of these dudes just for kicks, like, Hey, um, like just for kicks, like if I wanted to buy a person, like say I wanted to buy a girl, like, is that possible? And this dude was like, without batting an eye, he's like, $3,000, $3,000, I'll get you a girl. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, this motherfucker was serious. Like, I'll get you a girl, $3,000. Well, 
But then he goes on and he's like, I'll get you a girl. She's your responsibility now. Like, you feed her, you take care of her. Like, like you're fucking buying a horse or some shit. I'm like, God damn, dude. Like, but these fuckers are train wreck serious. So there's like a lot of this shit where it feels like you can goddamn do anything you want. But at the other end of the spectrum is, is the fact that in a lot of these places, they actually have really strict laws. So what they don't have is like laws about selective enforcement or like what must be enforced or what can be allowed to slide. So in like a lot of people, I will say, don't know that like in Thailand, prostitution is actually a crime. So I've been through Thailand. And if you've been through Thailand, you know what the fuck I'm talking about. Like this is the fucking this is the only real tourist attraction here. I go for the diving like bullshit, dude. Like, I've been on fucking exercises there, and, like, that's what fuckers are over there about. Like, all of the fucking weirdos in Europe, like, they're about this shit. So fuckers go over there to get their girly show on and shit. And that shit is, it is fucking rampant. It is everywhere. And I think, you know, speaking specifically of this, a lot of people, I think, in the West, when you say prostitution... And it's, it's not, it's definitely not what you see in the States. And I think it was like this in Europe and it's definitely like this in Asia. Like it's definitely like target of opportunity. Like there's not some designated part of town or there's not like certain bars you go in. Like it's literally everywhere. So like if you're at the hotel and the girl behind the desk, and this is Asia, dude, from fucking Europe. I don't know if it goes on like that. I don't think it does, but, um, definitely in Asia, if, you go to the hotel, like the girl behind the desk sees you, you're American and sees like, you probably got an ass ton of money. She'll try to tell you where she's going to hang out later. And she'll be like, yeah, come see me later. I go to the whatever bar. And if you're at the whatever bar, she's going to, she's going to be available for a price. All right. Like, Dude, I walked into a Dunkin' Donuts and a chick tried to sell me some ass in, in, in an Asian country. So like that shit is rampant. But again, it is, it's illegal. So someplace like Thailand, it's illegal. And the point of that is that like, I don't have to make a bunch of specific laws, a bunch of this, a bunch of that. Basically everything is illegal. And if you piss me off now, I can crack your fucking skull for you. All right. So it doesn't have to be like, as long as I do this, I never do that. Like, no, dude, you got to be real fucking cool. Cause if these people decide they don't like you, they can just fuck you up. And especially in Asia, throughout Asia, I will say that, like, if you get into it with a local somewhere for some reason, there's none of this fucking equality under the law shit. Like, if you're over there for a long time and you're burning through fucking dollars, you know, at some point, like, that shit's going to level out and you're going to be, like, another face in the fucking crowd. But these people are going to be like, yeah, that's that fucking foreigner over there. Like, I don't need this motherfucker here. Like, you're not spending big money. You're not a cash cow no more. So you got, you bring nothing to the table. You're just a fucking foreigner. And they're not going to be cool to you. So you stick out like a sore fucking thumb. And if anybody ever comes to asking, like, hey, where's the American? You're the American they're talking about. They're going to know who they mean. Like, oh, yeah, he stays up the road in the shitbox hotel or he's in that fucking hut down the beach or whatever the fuck. Like, you you can't really hide in a place like Asia. But, you know, should you elect to, um, looks like uh, Vietnam and Vietnam and Cambodia are countries without extradition treaties. Uh, even, uh, among people that like dudes that would go to Thailand and in the military, there's like a lot of dudes that'll bounce out to places like Philippines, Thailand, this kind of shit, live like Kings for a while, come back, whatever. Even those motherfuckers call Cambodia, the wild West dude. And I know, I know a guy that lived in, like he went to Thailand, like he had never been, he, uh, he had done a lot of work in Europe 
and then he adjusted to where he was working in Thailand and he went around the fucking bend and he was like, dude, I'm getting out. I'm fucking living here. I'm like, all right, bro, whatever you're into, you know, not my cup of tea, fucking whatever. So this guy moved to Thailand and it wasn't wild enough for him because this, this guy was around the bend, dude. Like this guy's nickname, nickname was bipolar. So like this fucking guy, like he was a real nice fucking guy. And, uh, let me fucking say it this way. So this guy, he was a real nice guy and he was like, I guess he was kind of a skinny dude early on in his career. And this guy was in, in my community and, uh, he was kind of like a smaller, skinnier guy. And he went on a deployment like he, and he had attached to a team that was like working through like Africa, working in Europe. And he came back and I guess this guy was married to a bartender. I never met this woman, but he was married to this bartender chick came back and finds out like she's pulling three ways and just an absolute whore, which is not as uncommon as you might imagine. But divorce is this fucking broad gets taken to the cleaners as you do in the military comes up broke. And it just like flipped a switch in this fucking guy's head, man. So like he would still be once in a while, like he'd still be a pretty nice guy, but this fucking guy, like he'd get a couple drinks in him and he might be a real nice guy, but then the, the switch would flip and he'd just be like, wow. And he was like, motherfucker. And what sucked was like, so this guy got on the juice. So he like bulked up real fucking big. And he was like a real pretty motherfucker too. And like I had said, like the special ops community, there's a lot of good looking fucking dudes, man. Like I ain't no fag or nothing, but like, there's a lot of pretty motherfuckers. Like, you know, the type, man, like, like these dudes at women are like crossing the room. Like, hi, I just wanted to meet you. And you're like, God damn it. It ain't me, but there's a lot of those cats. And this guy, this bipolar dude, he was definitely one of them, man. So like this guy would be out and you know, you're having a few drinks and like women are coming up to him and like, hi, I like your fucking t-shirt or like, I like your busted up Adidas that he was always wearing. And he's like, yeah, fucking whatever. And and we'd, we'd start taking bets. Like how long is it going to take man until he pisses this broad off? And like, we'd have, we'd be having beer bets of like, I'll fucking, I'll buy you a drink. If he goes 20 minutes, if he can stand there for 20 minutes without pissing anyone off, I'll fucking buy the next round. This guy wouldn't last, this guy wouldn't last two minutes, three minutes. And it wouldn't matter what it was, dude. It could be about anything price of tea in China. And he'd have some woman in tears. You stupid bitch. You don't know shit. You're a fucking moron. And like, God damn, man, like take a fucking rap off, dude. She's trying to go home with you right now. And, and he's like, no fucking way. I'm not running a goddamn soup kitchen over here. <laughs> okay, pal. But he'd get thrown out of places, man. And you'd catch up to him at the next place. And he's got some other woman in a corner like, and another thing, I'll tell you. And like, it's, it was priceless. But that guy, he, uh, he ducked out, man. He got out and he ducked out and he was in Thailand and it wasn't crazy enough. So he moved to Cambodia And last I had heard, he had bought a bar of of all fucking things. He bought a bar in Cambodia and was doing whatever you do. And then for whatever reason, left there and moved back. And and I hadn't talked to him in a long fucking time. But I heard from him and he was, he still sounded crazy. I mean, he sounded older, but he still sounded crazy. But he was like, yeah, man, fucking Cambodia. Fuck that place. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, good enough. But, um... So yeah, Cambodia, you can do that if, if that's your thing. And if you're just crazy enough, it might work for you. But I'll tell you what, dude, dudes I see go that route. And I've seen a lot of dudes do the fucking Southeast Asia fucking tip, like buy houses, fucking wife up these bar girls, whatever. These dudes never come out sane and they always come home crazy. All right. I mean, I know a lot of dudes that died real fucking young guys that died in their forties looking like they were fucking 70 
because they were living that Southeast Asian bar girl lifestyle, man. That shit is not savory. So, again, man, on the run from the law, you you fucking choose your own adventure. But me, even having been, I mean, there are probably some towns in in a certain Southeast Asian country I could go into, and I probably still know people there, and they'd probably be happy to see me. I would still probably not go, dude, because that shit will tack years onto your life. And there's a lot of fucking weird stuff that goes on, man. So thank you, but no. Um, Africa, I looked at that. And uh, Africa, dude, I... Oh, Africa, brave Africa. I, I can't say I'm interested. There's a few places there, but I mean, just Africa in and of itself, dude. The place is dodgy as fucking. It's hot as hell. I've been to a few places in Africa. I did, and talking here, sub-Saharan Africa. All right, because uh, we'll skip to the fucking Arab countries in a second. But sub-Saharan Africa, do not want, dude. I've been to a, a few places there, and it is hotter than fuck, dude. I was in Djibouti in December, and I was sweating like a fucking nun in a whorehouse, dude. It was awful. So no thank you, no thank you, and then some. Um, as far as, you know, Africa, okay, it is technically Africa, but some of these Arab states, places like Saudi, places like UAE, these places will most certainly tell the U.S. to just get fucked, all right? But something like that, a UAE or a Saudi, like that is expensive living, depending on, you know, what you're doing. So if you can get over there, if you've got a marketable skill, so if you can work remotely or if you've got some kind of way that you can work there or if you're an Arabic linguist or really, you know, there's probably a handful of um, like expat type companies if you can link up there. But you got, you know, you got a little time to do it if you have like 90 days on your visa or whatever. But UAE, this could be a high standard of living or Bahrain, you know, or Saudi. Uh, these are places where you can achieve a high standard of living and whether or not you could find gainful employment or a way to stay alive, that's sort of up to you. Um, apart from that, man, uh, it's really tough going out there. If it was, if it was me, if it was me just Han Solo, I would probably look at something like a Russia or a Georgia. I would, I would probably opt for Europe just to be around Europeans, man. Um, Asians, like you can deal with them. And, and like, you know, a lot of Asians, nothing against them, dude. Like Brunei, another place that is uh, no extradition treaty. But it's a Muslim country, and I can't remember what the language is there. It's something like Myanmar-type language, dude. Like some, one of those clunky Asian languages, man. And I honestly have no no interest in learning some shit like that. And I don't know what the price tag is on trying to stay alive in a place like Brunei. So, you know, again, that's your fish to fry. But, you know, if it was me, I would probably, maybe for a short term, like until the heat blows over, maybe try to look at something like a Central or South America where you could could lay low and bounce around and move back and forth and hopefully just sort of avoid the, you know, the all-seeing eye. Or if I was just absolutely sure, like if I'm an Ed Snowden or if I'm a Julian Assange and I know, like, I'm in bad fucking shape... I would probably look at like a UAE or a Bahrain. Bahrain is not bad. I've been to Bahrain, dude, and it's um if you haven't if you haven't heard about Bahrain, Bahrain is like a little island off the coast of like Saudi and it's not a proper little island. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's its own country, right? But um the idea there is it's a place where Allah can't see. 
So these Arabs will go over there and get all fucked up. They And they'll drink, but they don't know how to drink, right? And I ain't saying, like, be a professional alcoholic or some shit, but they'll get all fucked up. They'll get all fucking loopy and wacky. Then they'll want to fight you, and they're not fucking, they're not jacked. They're not naturally big people. So it just, it turns very fucking weird, very fast. Um, there are some places, like, there's some decent restaurants there. There's um, some decent bars there. The uh, Gulf Air airline stops through there, and uh, there will be what, what they call gas girls, Gulf Air stewardesses. And there was, like with us, there was like a long-running relationship, long-ish running relationship anyways, between Gulf Air stewardesses and dudes in our community. And, you know, so you're not completely without an option to, you know, chase white women if you're out there on your own. But um, again, trying to stay alive in a place like that, I don't know. I don't know what the price tag on that would be, or what the paperwork would look like to like. Hey, man, would it be cool if I stayed? Is there anywhere I can work? You know, I don't fucking know. Um, moving along, though, if it was me, I would. I would honestly probably look at something like being able to bounce around the spots in an East Block. You know, like move through Kosovo, through Moldova, through Greece, through uh, Albania. Montenegro, Serbia, and all this kind of thing. Maybe hang out in Croatia a little while, this kind of thing. But, you know, keeping an eye on the passport situation where like, yeah, man, I'm I'm just here for the stamp, baby. Just like, give me the stamp and let me fucking cruise back in here. Um, so other than that, dude, that's about the size of it. You know, and if you got, if you got any, any kind of cool input or if you've heard anything different, man, like put it in the chat. But until next time, I think I've sucked up enough of your time, dude, and uh, I will let you go. But Till next time, dude, leave this shit where somebody can find it. And uh, if you like this shit, feel free to share it with a friend. Like we always say, the world needs more people like us. But until next time, keep your eyes on the horizon and keep your neck out of the noose. I've been Coffee, and these are my takes. Mm-hmm.